0: Hi guys, uh, it's Emmett. <clears throat> I want to stay in the thread that I've been on for the last couple of days about selling online and selling on social media rather than a place like Etsy because there's been some great uh, thoughts and comments that people are sharing on the Instagram posts that are, are tied to, associated with these episodes um, and one in which... One which in particular I want to dive deeper into, um, because it's pretty juicy. A phrase that Seth Godin uses to describe good questions uh, or good comments that I just love. It's, it's the perfect way to describe it. There's a lot there. Um, I forget who said it. It might have been Aaron, actually um, we started this whole thread, um, but the person said, you know, the, the one thing that they have noticed about Etsy, I was saying how I feel like Etsy, you're in a race to the bottom with everybody else because people are on Etsy to buy the thing, not to buy from you, and that means that there's relatively little loyalty and and you are immediately pitted against all the other people. Um, even if people follow you to Etsy to buy your thing, it's very easy for them to then just say, well, let me just click around and see what else is going on, right? So if somebody finds you on Instagram, goes to Etsy to buy your thing, I bet some portion of them end up clicking around just to comparison shop, because some people are like that. My wife is one. And then decides to buy from someone else. Um, So you've now just been the conduit and lost that sale. And this person um, said, well, the thing that they appreciate about Etsy is that on Etsy, any attention they get on Etsy is someone who is there to buy, is there to spend money. Um, Whereas on Instagram, it is, you know, people are there to see free, free, free content and, and interact. And I get this in the sense that that's what I have at my Christmas tree farm that I value so much is that, um, I know that anyone who shows up at my Christmas tree farm has driven down that little dirt road, you know, 95% of the people who drive down that little dirt road that time of year are there to see me and are there to give me money. So I understand and appreciate that distinction and how nice it is to have somebody show up there to spend money. Um and I would say that um the the one distinction is that somebody who shows up at my tree farm is there to spend money definitely on me because there's a cost in them going to the, the next place. Um And it's not to say that some people don't drive up and decide I'm not for them. But somebody who shows up at your Etsy account, yeah, is there on Etsy to spend money. But they're definitely not necessarily there to spend it with you. And like I mentioned, even if they are originally there to spend it with you, there's always going to be a portion of people who think, well, let me just poke around because it's easy. Etsy has made it easy. They've reduced the friction it takes for somebody to leapfrog from you to the next person to the next person and that's the whole point for Etsy is that they make it easy for the customer to find what they want which means it means it makes it hard for you to be sticky with that customer makes it hard for you to develop a relationship with that customer and I've had people who use Etsy say well there's there's favorited things you can you know you develop relationships with people but not the same way you would if they were coming directly to your website or staying on your social media account. So, what I think the, the goal is, is that yes, people come to your social media account not to buy. And and your the opportunity for you is that you have their attention. So if you can create content that is worth people's time, even if they aren't going to buy. And then, if you also happen to do something or make something that they want, well, then you have the winning combination. You have their attention, and you have something they want. And the two don't need to be the same thing, and I think people often confuse that fact, right? They think, oh, well, I'll post a picture of, you know, this spoon that's available for sale... And it is beautiful, it will grab people's attention, and then somebody will want it. And sometimes that's true, but it's also too simplistic. It's missing out on all the other ways that you can be of value to people and provide something uh, that is worth their attention that is not something that they want to buy, but then have that something that they want to buy in addition And that's part of why I'm such a, I'm such in favor of making sure that your feed is more than if you're a spoon carver, just spoons. Or if you're a potter, just pots. You gotta give people more stuff. There's a, there's a very Instagram famous potter named Florian Gadsby. His uh, father is a spoon carver, um, who has hundreds of thousands of followers, and I think part of it is because his pots are quite beautiful, but I think the bigger part of it is that he, for a, a, the entire time that I've known of him, has done these really long, thoughtful, geeky captions. I know I started following him because of the captions, not because of the photographs. The photographs, meh. You've seen one, you've seen most of them. No offense, Florian. But the captions, I read one and I thought, well, that's super interesting. I just learned a lot. So I followed him. And every now and then I go back and I look at what he's done because now I have an emotional connection with him and I follow him as a human being. And he shares enough in his captions, although not in his photos, that I feel like I understand a little bit of what's going on in his life. And that is interesting. That's worthy of my attention. And then as that relationship builds... You know, at some point, and I'm not sure with him, but let's just say hypothetically at some point as that relationship builds and that person says, oh, and by the way, these things I just made are for sale or I offer these services. For a certain slice of people, they're going to say, "Ooh, that sounds interesting. Let me check that out. And for a certain slice of that slice, they're going to say, yes, please. So that is your job. On social media, if you are a business, is to give people something for free that is worth their attention, because they are giving you their attention. And then you mix into that your offering. And if your offering is good, and if your offering is well-priced, and if your offering is what people want at this moment in time then it will strike home. And then it's your job to make sure that the back end works in terms of profitability. Right? I could offer a spoon at the price that I'm offering now, and it could sell as well as it's selling now, but I could do all sorts of things in the back end that would mean that it's not worth my time to do it. I could take twice as long per spoon. I could... Uh, have a lifestyle that felt like spoons at that price point weren't going to support my lifestyle. Whether that's because I had tons of kids to support or a really luxurious lifestyle or a huge amount of crushing debt or any number of reasons. Right? So whether or not the back end works is your responsibility. You balance that out. Whether the front end hits home, resonates with people, that's up to them. And you can tweak stuff, right? Put out your best work, play around with the price, be thoughtful about the story you're telling, all that stuff, increase your overall reach. Those are all things you can do for the front end, but it's your job to make sure that the back end works. I digress. So I still firmly believe that Etsy is not doing you any favors. And who knows, everything evolves and it's possible that for some people it really is the the best move for them. And there are certainly going to be people who are winners who were there early, have much greater reach. Have, I, like, I don't know the, the rubric that Etsy uses to determine how visible you are, you know, or obviously if you were there longer, you've got more sales. I think all that data is shown, so that's certainly more impressive. So the longer you stay at something, the better it looks. And there's a double-edged sword to that too, right? For those who have been doing it for a long time, like Pat Diet, Klipnaki Woods, I suspect Etsy's probably a really good move because he was there pretty early. He's got a very impressive sales numbers. All of that's visible. It lends credibility to what he's doing. For him, this is a solid move still because he's one of the top people doing it. For someone not him who's just starting out whose numbers are not so good, those numbers might make you feel like you ought to stay in because they're going up a little bit by little bit, and you can keep convincing yourself, well, you know, if I just stick around, the numbers will get better, and then I'll get better uh, business from this, and it'll all work out and that might be true, but the thing that you need to ask yourself is are my numbers improving faster than those of my competition? This is something I've touched on in a previous episode. I guess this is going to be a long episode because I'm pulling in lots of different threads. Because if your numbers are improving, but they're not improving faster than the average of your competitors, that actually means you're falling behind. Because as these platforms grow, as more and more people adopt them, of course you're going to see growth. And to some extent... More growth means that you don't need to uh, catch up in order to have a piece of the pie that's big enough for you. But in terms of whether or not the data, the numbers, are helping you or hindering you, then how you rank compared to other people does matter. So if you have enough business to satisfy yourself, like me, My numbers are not growing as fast as those of my competitors, right? I've got 13,000 followers. I think Dawson has 34,000, right? A year ago, it was 22,000 or something, and I was at 10. So not growing as fast, but I have all the business I need. So I don't need the numbers to work their magic for me. I don't need to uh, be growing at a faster clip and to some extent once somebody reaches a certain part of that curve you're not going to catch them but if you don't have all the business you want then it's actually really important to ask yourself this question particularly if you're trying to figure out should I stay in Etsy, should I go because If your sales numbers are going up, but those... and So the sales numbers are actually an interesting example because they have both, right? They have both the... They're probably how you get ranked in terms of what they show. I'm sure there's some complex algorithm that does it, but it's also a test when people are looking at your numbers and saying, well, you know, is this person a rank beginner or not? And that's much more... Subjective in the sense that whether they think the number of sales that you've done and the sales totals is is impressive will have to do with sort of how familiar they are with the rest of Etsy and, you know, what are the parts of Etsy they've seen and what are the other players they've seen. And you're always being subconsciously ranked against other people. And so it might be they look at your numbers and they think, ah, that's respectable. I'll buy from them. Or it might be that even though your numbers are, are good, compared to other people they're not as good as all the people that they've been looking at and they think, eh, not that one so data can help you or hurt you but my point before was that uh, and really it's people's assumptions about what that data means that can help you or hurt you in that instance and then more objectively it can help you or hurt you with the algorithm But more to my point before about about growth, if you don't have all the business you want and your competitors are growing faster than you are, then as people's expectations of what is a large account or what is not a large account increases, then so too uh, does the gap between you and those other people if you are not keeping pace, right? And this is something that you should actually be thinking about for any social media account. Not to say that you should uh, tailor what you do just to make the numbers increase, but just so that you're looking at it clear-eyed and understanding what's going on. It used to be, four years ago that if you had 15,000 followers on Instagram you were you know on a spoon carving account that you were a big account now if you don't have 20, 24, 30 you're not a big account i'm not a big account and it's interesting some people see me as one but i really am not and i've i've recognized that i have i have opted for this trade-off of going for depth rather than breadth. And I have that luxury because I have the business I want and I recognize that this is the long-term play that I'm interested in making. rather than rather than just going for as many followers as I can because this is what makes it interesting to me and makes me feel like I am contributing a body of work that's worthwhile. And I'd say the fact that I have all the business I want has shown that it has played out. So do you need to chase numbers the same way as, you know, to to catch up to your peers? No. But I'd say numbers matters more on a place like Etsy, where you are showing comparatively little of yourself than it does on a place like Instagram somebody can show up to your Instagram account and if the photographs are good and varied and showing interesting different things then the fact that you have 2,000 followers they don't care they're just seeing that you're doing, showing interesting things and maybe they read a caption and they're like "Ooh, that was kind of interesting maybe I'll follow along more all of these things that I've been talking about tie into place, right? Getting your photography good, making it varied, doing some that's straight down, some that's straight forward, um, some landscape shots, some close-up shots, like keeping it varied in content and in framing, and then writing about stuff that matters, that doesn't necessarily match what you are have a photograph of. That helps also because, again the photograph is the eye candy, somebody clicks on it, and then they read something. It doesn't have to be what they're reading about. In fact, it's kind of better if it's not. And if you really need to say, you know, and by the way, this spoon is for sale, do it at the end of the long caption that's thoughtful about something else. That way, at the very end of this thing where you've just like brought them a bunch of interesting food for thought, you're then saying, oh, and by the way, this spoon is for sale. Be in touch if you're interested but not doing the work of writing the interesting caption, that's lazy, and it's going to catch up with you. So, circling back. This is a long one, but I'm going to push it because I feel like I'm really pulling a whole bunch of things into it. Circling back. Etsy doesn't care about you. The people who are there on Etsy don't really care about you. And yes, they're there to buy, but you have less... Uh, fewer things stacked in your favor than you do on a place like Instagram and very importantly I would say that Etsy is a short term game Etsy is you saying I want to sell my spoons they're kind of a commodity I'm kind of a commodity wooden spoons are wooden spoons let's all race to the bottom Whereas Instagram, at least the way that I use it, is a long-term game where I'm saying, hey, you're an interesting human being. I'm an interesting human being. You might want to just sort of pay attention to what I've been up to. You might find it interesting. Oh, and by the way, a month in, two months in, a year in, maybe you'll be interested in something that I'm selling, but no pressure. I'm all good, and that is a much more fun way to sell. There's an analogy to selling in person. I used to sell at farmer's markets all the time. I was a vegetable farmer, and then I'd go for my Christmas tree farm, and I tried to sell spoons... Didn't feel like it was worth it. But here's what I know about selling in person at events like that. The more you act like you really want the sale, the more short-term you're acting like I'm interested in you coming over right now and maybe buying something, the less likely it is to happen. And... And not only is the less likely it is to happen than if you just sit back and read a book and drink a cup of coffee, but also the more miserable you are at the end of it all because you had all of these desires, all of these desires for this thing to work out. You put something up on Etsy, you're not putting it up on Etsy because you're just interested in sharing yourself with the world. You <laughs> Nobody puts stuff up on Etsy just because they want to share their work with the world. They put stuff up on Etsy because they want it to sell. And then, even if some does sell, you always have the nagging feeling that, well, you know, but not everything sold, so could have been better. And you go through life with that, ugh, that feeling in your stomach of never being quite where you want to be. And that's a terrible way to go through life. And instead, using Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you could probably do what I'm doing on Instagram on a whole bunch of feeds. Hell, you could <laughs> Actually, an interesting hack would be to try to do it on Etsy. I don't know. Maybe it would work way better to play a long game on Etsy. Be way more thoughtful with how you use it. There's probably all sorts of hacks you could do But it's way, way easier emotionally to be putting in the hard work of sharing your journey with people, doing the best work you can, but not making the hard sell. Not making the fast sell. And of setting yourself up in a space where sales can come in without you feeling like you're always chasing them. Because emotionally, that's going to leave you much more settled and calm. And really, when you think about the fact that all you get in life is the, is the current moment, right? We can look back on the past and we can anticipate the future, but we are always, only, ever, right here, in this moment... then the decisions we make about how we set up our businesses really matter because they affect how we feel in the present moment. And if the day-to-day reality is you're always feeling a little bit of ennui, you're always feeling a little bit of anxiety, you're always feeling a little bit of discontent with how things are going because you're trying to make the hard sell, over and over and over, just in the very fabric of how you've set this thing up, which is how Etsy is set up, in my opinion, then that's how you feel in the moment, day to day. Even if it's buried below a surface of, you know, you saying, well, this is how I'm feeling on Instagram, and you're sharing all this stuff. If you have stuff for sale on Etsy and it's not moving, that bothers you. So... Again, I think these things matter, and I think we can convince ourselves that we're doing things and that it's working, and maybe it is, but maybe it isn't, and we're very good at telling ourselves, you know, why it isn't working right now, or maybe, you know, that it is working right now, even when it's not. But ask yourself how you feel right now. And if you don't feel calm, at peace, fulfilled, happy, purposeful, then make some changes and see if you can get yourself to that place. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk tomorrow.